0: awesome nerds and welcome to D&D and TV, the podcast where we talk about Dungeons and Dragons, we talk about television shows that we really enjoy and how the plots and themes and character concepts might be used in RPG show, games that you enjoy, RPG RPG games that you enjoy. How many episodes have I been doing this for? Quite a while and I still have not got that down.
1: <laughs> no, I love it, it keeps me on my toes.
0: Yeah, I am joined by my friend Elise and for the last several months uh, we have been talking about Motherland Fort Salem, or well, the first season of Motherland Fort Salem, and we have reached the end of the first season, um, as we mentioned last oh, week. Yeah. So this week we will be doing the, I guess, the campaign, the series, the season wrap-up of just the things that we like about that show, what we dislike about that show. If you've been listening to the podcast, you are well aware <laughs> of some of the things that I dislike about this show. Uh, but also more going a little bit more in-depth about what we would use in RPGs and how we could just make this one particular show into an RPG. So what are our feelings on the show so far? Obviously, Elise loves it. I feel that we've gone (laughs) over that a number of times.
1: Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I could gush about it nonstop. Um, Yeah. Yeah, clearly.
0: Well, we could also talk about what we sort of expect for Season 2. I mean, I've started watching Season 2, so I'm not too far into it yet. Um, Mm-hmm. but you have, and I'm just wondering, yes. without without too many spoilers, because I don't want to be spoiled yet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you feel that all the questions that we had through the first season paid off?
1: Uh, I feel like I feel like I want to say, oh, uh, look,
0: <laughs> it's, you know, spoiler so, free makes it. Really trick. It?
1: it really is. Um, look, I feel like. I feel like I want to say most of our questions have been either answered or addressed in some way, I think. Um, but yeah, there's, yeah, y- yeah. <laughs> it's um, look, I'm very interested for when you finish season two, because there's a lot to talk about. Um, okay. I'm, I enjoyed it. I had a lot more problems with it than I did season one.
0: Right. That would um, be interesting.
1: So yes, oh. um, like very much looking forward to season three. Um, so it's not like yeah, I've been turned yeah. off the show, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a lot more problems I I found.
0: Okay, yeah, because I'm I literally I've only seen one episode of season two so far. Yeah. it's on the list. I've got I've got I'm watching a lot of stuff. It's tricky, but <laughs> so far I'm not enjoying it as much. It mm-hmm. felt like the the last se- season one ended on a cliffhanger. And that mm-hmm. was great. I was, like, fully pumped up of what's going to happen. Yeah. And it had that problem that a lot of shows do that it ends on a cliffhanger and then the first season they just kind of go, cool, so all those ends we're just going to kind of wipe and pretend it didn't happen and go back to the status quo because we've got another season to get through.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah.
0: Yeah, just especially felt- in that first
1: episode. That yeah. It, it, I feel like they just um, – it was like what was the point what was the point of anything that happened in the season finale if you're literally just gonna like almost like retcon it and be like oh well let's tie that up tie that up tie that up you know back to normal everyone um yeah it was i was quite disappointed like obviously i wanted certain things to happen but Mm. i didn't i was disappointed that they happened so quickly i think i guess it just seemed to be like like without consequence as well Um, yeah
0: i think that without consequence is probably the strongest part of that that there is that element this is something that happens in RPGs as well. That there's this constant need to keep escalating and escalating the stakes. And mm-hmm. it comes mm-hmm. into play with shows with their season finale that we saw, that it became this huge thing that, oh my God, they're mm-hmm. dying and there's this, this massive thing that occurring <laughs> and yeah. and tally well, we can spoil that now, the tally becomes a biddy, and then mm-hmm. the next season they're aware they've got another ten episodes to get through and they don't want to have it at that level all the time. Mm -hmm. So they have to Mm -hmm. de-escalate it all and bring it back down Mm. to almost zero with a couple of extra questions so you can get through the season answering those. And it's like, all right, but. (sighs) Yeah. I like that energy. It's something that you see more often in shows like Motherland, um, like Stranger Things, like um, Teen Wolf was an example as well. Mm -hmm. that they would, because they've got an arc through the season that just kind of ramps up and it builds up to this crescendo, this climax, then the next season they're going to do even more and even more, whereas you get a show like Stargate or X-Files or even Buffy to an extent where you've got this Monster of the Week format that you can have the big battle at the end of the season, but all the other episodes are just kind of filler.
1: Yeah, and they but they almost all have their own little um their own little arc with their own little cliffhanger or you know their own little escalated moments in each episode right um whereas yeah as you said with a show like this where it's it's sort of more over that over that sort of 10 episodes um as opposed to just the individual episodes having their own storyline um it's yeah it's they've just got to almost got to keep upping the stakes and keep Mm. you know being like look what we can do now and you know um so it definitely puts them in a, a tricky position um uh, as i said like i still enjoyed it i, I mm. did enjoy the season um but um yeah they were just there's yeah just a few problems one of them which is as you mentioned that just all of a sudden it was like oh nothing basically mattered nothing that happened in, in the finale yep. like you know let's go back to normal
0: basic trading was basic training now we're off to to something else so yeah. that yeah, and I think this is something that, that role-playing games... Well, if you're running a campaign of something that you do kind of have to balance pretty well and have those two different types of balance, that if you're doing chunk campaigns or modules the way I sort of like to do, where you go, okay, so this will play for six, every week, once a week for six weeks. And at mm-hmm. the end of it, well, a big boss battle, and then it's done. And we might come back to those characters in eight, nine months where they do another little mini campaign and then a big boss battle and you're done and they kind of level up through that, that progression. But if you want mm-hmm. an ongoing campaign where you're coming back week after week after week after week, mm. maybe go for more of the monster of the week. And then occasionally a big boss will come along and you have to defeat them. And that's when you level up.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really tricky. And, and again, obviously speaking as someone with absolutely zero DM experience, um, you know, I have no idea how to run a campaign. don't know half the rules. But you know how to <laughs> play know, in one. Know. That's
0: the important thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know how to play. Uh, I know how to play exceptionally well. Thank you. Um, but we, like, I mean, we both know that you know you yourself have run obviously games for our group and obviously a good friend ben who's run you know was sort of the the group that we you know where we met um Mm. and you know that was a sort of a homebrew session and that was like a massive campaign which was week in week out um for a long time at least a year right it was it was a long time that we were playing um and i don't feel like he really had a, a monster of the week kind of thing um you know, like there was sort no. of like that overarching story and, and there was the, you know, the big bad evil guy. Um, mm. And that was brilliant. Like I didn't find that, I, I don't know, like I didn't feel like that was, he was constantly escalating and... Um, no, I
0: think you're right. There wasn't a constant escalation, but we were also kept quite low level. Thanks, Ben. Um, yeah. <laughs> but there were elements, like in our campaign, we ended up fighting a dragon. I think this was actually before we yeah. joined. Um, sadly. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think it but, was.
0: <laughs> so we fought this dragon and then we went on to the next thing. So the dragon in that case would have been the season finale.
1: That's true. Yeah, yeah. And then that's we go
0: true. on and then new season, suddenly there's this new character introduced, which was which was <laughs> yeah. your character, and we've got to kind of get to yeah. know this person and go out and do these other things. And there were these elements like steps along the way building up to that season finale climax.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: And yeah, I feel that at higher levels it's much more noticeable because This is certainly true of D&D, maybe not so much other RPGs. There is that element of it's got to be a world-ending threat or the characters just don't Mm. even need to get involved. It's like, why do we care that the (laughs) goblins are going to invade this one village? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: They'll be fine.
0: Yeah, they'll be fine.
1: We we need to worry about that other threat that's way way higher.
0: Yeah, let's just hire someone. We've got enough gold. We can just pay guards to do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, at that stage, yeah, you probably would be rich.
0: Yeah. Unless you've got a very cruel DM who's just like, no, you, you're always poor. You're just like struggling the entire time. It doesn't matter that mm. you're fake, you're basically Merlin. It's like, no, you're poor. You live in a barrel.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you're scrounging for rations every, yeah, yeah. every
0: week. Well, you got magic. You can just create food so you're not starving, but it's like, yeah, oh. have fun with that. <laughs> it's not filling. <laughs> I feel magic food mm. would not be filling. And dis- well, discussions of magic food kind of brings us back to Motherland. So. What did you like most about this this season, at least?
1: <laughs> Do you really need to ask Jeremy? I really um, don't. Well, look. <laughs> but a, let's go as an, anyway. I guess it's an umbrella term. I would probably actually say the thing I most liked about the show is is like the queer representation, um, yeah. or even um, I guess even not just that, but like the the way that basically the world is flipped on its head to to reality, right? Hmm. You know, it's a matriarchal society there's so much diversity in the cast and um you know women are powerful and and celebrated and just all the role reversals and and gender swaps and or whatever the words are um yeah. i don't know i just found it really refreshing um and i love the queer representation and the fact that it was this world where it was just like it doesn't it's not even really discussed
0: um mm. you know
1: like sexuality and and uh, you know anything like that it's not it's not a thing it's just this is what it is and you know like abigail has three fathers and that's just like whatever um like it's i just found it really refreshing um and like it just raised a lot of interesting points um you know thinking about know the women being the one to go off to war while the men stay at home and all most of them um and also the fact that they they're forced into conscription you know like as much as it's painted as you know this this terrorist ideal of of freeing the witches from conscription like there's certainly a lot of questions that you ask yourself you're like well should they all be forced into slavery you know that was 300 years ago surely discussions can happen to to change things and um yeah it just i liked the the everything that it presented it really raised a lot of a lot of interesting questions um and i liked that things weren't black and white there wasn't just a you know the spree was kind of bad but maybe they also have a point and like older was making really bad decisions but also she you know she really does fundamentally care about all witches in the world and i don't know like it's just it was really interesting
0: hmm. yeah i have a similar similar sort of like for the show for many of those same reasons particularly the the diversity element of it mm-hmm. that it does have um that it does offer different views on our views of sexuality. Mm-hmm. That there's never any any shame around um there's never any discrimination around Ray and Scylla. Uh-huh. And there's never any shaming of Tally when she's she's interested in so many, well, they try to, but that seems to be a little bit more of Swythe just making fun of, of Abigail's unit. Uh, but, yeah, I, I really like that about the show, that there was that element of, look, you can be free and happy and have this element of sexuality in your life as a young person without it being bad, which uh, we just don't see in media particularly not of, well, we're starting to see now, thanks to shows like Motherland.
1: I mm. found it
0: interesting that you saw that a lot of the things about the conscription and raised so many questions because that's kind of one of the things I disliked about it. Oh, that, that we kind of went through um, a lot in the show, that you were saying in a number of the episode, in our podcast episodes, you said that you were glad that you weren't being held by the hand on the way, mm-hmm. like you weren't being spoon-fed all this information, whereas I... Yeah, yeah. I would like to have been spoon-fed a little bit more information (laughs) um, simply because, I mean, even just now, just when you were talking about conscription and them going into slavery, I Mm. had not even twigged that – I don't know, twigged is the right word. I hadn't even clicked in my brain that when they get conscripted, it is for life. Mm. I hadn't realized that. I thought it was more you do your time and then after 30 years, after 20 years, you step out of the military and you retire. I hadn't realised you well, never Well, Are
1: we sure it is for life? It
0: Actually, would make perfect that sense that. that it would be.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm thinking of Telly's mum, but I guess she got had a dispensation, right? Because yeah. saw sort of her, her whole family dying or something.
0: Yeah, it seems like um, it, that her three sisters had died, so they're like, "We'd rather you carry her on the line. You don't have to. You don't have to go out to battle."
1: Hmm. Yeah. The, yeah. Look, I'm, I'm not sure about that, about the, the live, uh, but
0: still, like, but say, I wouldn't have wanted that many, like that level of question answered that I'm glad yeah. that that was like something that I figure out on my own or realize, you know, three weeks down the track, but things like, who are they fighting?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's something I need. I need that answered up front. Yeah. And the, it was, a lot of it was so subtle like we had the discussion about what is the level of tech in this universe mm. that the televisions mm-hmm. look odd, and I, to me, a lot of the time it was just interesting set dressing.
1: Yeah, I hadn't yeah, realised. No. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say for me, if it, it, I felt like oh well, because of the witch's rise to power, technology hasn't needed to, and obviously, I guess certain mm. wars not happening, technology hasn't needed to advance. Um, but you're no, right. When you've though, got witches. Like what that, do you need tech then, for? yeah um and that's just me again jumping to assumptions like similar to you just assuming it was set dressing like i mean who like i you know it wasn't specified i guess it wasn't really laid out that we know for sure which one of us is right Mm. um so
0: i think you are yeah honestly i feel that um, i tend to look at a show very superficially on um on set dressing like this
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, hang on a minute. If anyone's superficial, it's definitely me <laughs> um, when, out of
0: the two of it, us. When it comes to character themes and character <laughs> ideas and um, and motivations, I go yeah. way too deep, much deeper than... The, <laughs> and this is why a lot of TV shows disappoint me in their later seasons when the motivations of a character don't live up to what I'd already come up with. Yeah, uh, yeah. But when it comes to design, it's like, I'm just like, yeah, it's on the screen because they can afford to put it on the screen. Yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm.
0: Like, if you want to um. save budget, you get a bunch of old TVs and old phones and things like that. It's it's a hell of a lot easier. Why the hell? Oh. Anyway, it's a hell of a lot easier to have um, some some an- antique stuff that you'd be able to find on an op shop than to have to get whatever the state of the line, state of the art military tech would be.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And
0: there was very um. much it felt to me there was a little bit of a nineteen fifties. Aesthetic to it. I don't know mm-hmm. if that was just the the sepia tone that's throughout most of the first mm. season, um, mm-hmm. but it did feel a little bit like, may- maybe it was just the in the background seeing all this this older technology mm. that my mm. brain was like, is this actually set in two thousand and twenty? Yeah. Is this a modern day thing, or are we moving back a little bit? And we they can set it whenever they want because with the change in timeline it doesn't matter
1: yeah yeah well that's a good point um, i mean it could be taking yeah. place
0: in 1984 for all
1: we know yeah yeah um i mean that's similar to with you with you saying spoon fed and all the answers and obviously we have these questions still it's mm. kind of like in D campaigns right all yep. of this is like laid out generally to begin with mm. Like, that is bas- – we do get spoon-fed most of this in a D&D campaign. Is that right?
0: Yeah. See, I feel that it is spoon-fed. Exposition from from the Dungeon Master often comes with, as you should know, because in your ca- – or as your yeah. characters would know. Because yeah, that's this. true. And I feel that's something that you kind of need in a show like this going in, that what is the mm. base knowledge about this world? What does somebody mm. who has ne- – what who's somebody – um like Ray, who mm. doesn't live in the high Atlantic circles, who is kind yeah. of an outsider yeah. to the rest of this universe, what does she know about it? Because that's mm. what the audience needs to know about it. And yeah. that's what the players kind of need to know about. When you're going into a game, you don't just go, we're playing Dungeons & Dragons, the end. well, the- <laughs> some people do. But you go, this is what the world we're going to be playing in is like, maybe there are gods and there's six of them maybe there are no gods maybe it's a desert Mm. maybe it's um a big forest or you're playing underwater it's like you need a little bit more information than there's witches in the military
1: yeah 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 we we needed more of an audience surrogate um character i guess um yeah definitely um and, and like and i did sort of say a few times that I, I did like Not being spoon fed stuff But there was, there was still a, Like you said A few things That I was like No I did just need this, That little bit more um, To to really And like I also think It really hampered Like if you're coming Into that show cold As a viewer Who knows nothing about it and You're like Oh let's just check this out that, That's on TV Or whatever You'd be mm-hmm. like What the fuck is happening What is going on I'm like I have no idea You'd be like eh, Okay bye Yeah um yeah. I mean if you're not seduced By the, the Gorgeous People faces filling your screen and, you know, some of the, you know, cinematography, if you're not seduced by that, then yeah, you'd be like, okay, bye.
0: (laughs) I think that's kind of what they were banking on to keep people interested, that the Mm -hmm. cast is gorgeous and they can act, act the hell out of every scene they're in. Yeah. And you get hooked in with that. So once you're there, you're there, but you don't pick up a new viewer once it's already started.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Which
0: yeah, I, I keep coming back to to comics. This isn't a great example of it, or this show isn't a great example of it. But one of the things, one of the things about comics is through a lot of the period through the sixties and seventies, there was sort of a writing idea that every comic is somebody's first comic. That when you're picking this up, so you mm-hmm. assume that someone who has never read a comic before has picked up this book. And they're uh-huh. reading this for the very first time. So you have to point out who all the characters are and why uh, Scott Summers is able to shoot uh-huh. laser beams from his eyes. All of this uh-huh. stuff has to be explained at least once during the story.
1: Yeah, because, that's really annoying.
0: Yeah, and it's why you get the these things like, I have don't worry with my tactile telekinesis, I will be able to pick up that rock without any problems. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, we yeah. know. We know, Connor. Mm. It's like it's a thing. <laughs> so I think Shows like these that have a distinct arc just kind of throw you in the deep end for a good reason because they're like if you're not in from the start you're probably not going to be in but if you're in from mm. the start you're there for the whole ride
1: yeah 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 well I'd hope so uh, yeah. mm.
0: so what I'm saying is more exposition in D and D games because <laughs> I feel that's the only that was really my only problem with the show I mean some of the budgetary constraints uh, meant that the CGI was a little little mm. wonky um and the the constant orange that was faded over every scene was yeah i mean and also the story kind of went in and out <laughs> I mean, i'm just <laughs> like i had i had one complaint and then another and another and another I <laughs> no i i think it was i mean a kind of came out of nowhere and
1: didn't, doesn't everyone come out of doesn't every new character come out of nowhere technically
0: True, but he had a major plot. Like, where did but...
1: come from? Suddenly there was this person that Abigail was, like, you know, bantering with.
0: Yeah, and was there for the whole season. Adil came in late.
1: Oh, he almost, what, was it episode six, I think?
0: Yeah, Maybe? out of ten.
1: Seven? Well, that's almost halfway.
0: Yeah, I would expect it. Like, the storyline had been mm. drip-fed to us a little bit earlier on.
1: But we hadn't mm-hmm. had a
0: face on it and I was kind of expecting to yeah. see a face a bit earlier if this storyline was important. So yeah, yeah I think that ties in with the the world building aspect of it and the, the giving mm. giving the audience more information. So I feel that that's not actually a separate point. It's just like one A and <laughs> one B yeah, yeah, of my true, complaint. Yeah. But I have been yeah. complaining a lot about it. What about what about your your problems? Did you have um, any problems with the show? Or what did you dislike? Did what would I you have, have changed?
1: Any? Did i did what did I dislike? Hmm. I mean, like, I feel like there's a shit ton, but right now oh, I'm struggling to come up with anything. And I'm also struggling to make sure that I'm thinking only of season one and yeah. not season two. Um,
0: the problem with asking something like this is there's that element of what I would have liked to happen and what mm. would have made it a better show. And those are two very different things sometimes with myself.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's Like, well, yeah, if
0: Tally and if basically Tally, Ray and Abby just go, no, no, not so much sisters, more a thruple, and this is just going to be our life forever. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally on board with that. That's what a show yeah. should be. They're like just forming this little unit. Um, yeah. But that didn't happen. And would it have made the show better? Probably not.
1: Yeah. No, it would have to have been a different, a different show.
0: Very different show. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> uh, with a different rating. Um, yeah. I like. I mean, similar to you is that I, I wished for slightly more, like exposition and world building that wasn't in bloody you know after the storm episodes after the after the show. Um, I, like I feel like it almost needed just a couple more. I think we we'll discussed this as well. It needed a couple more episodes so that things could Ooh. be slightly more paced out and, and explained a little bit better. Um, but apart from that, like what what problems did I have with it? Yeah, like I guess CGI, sure.
0: Yeah. Um so pacing is is an issue. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, pa- pacing's a problem that comes up in RPGs as well. That it's like, well, how do you mm, like we were saying, like the climax coming at a certain point in, in the adventure mm, if you yeah. have a boss if the the party's able to avoid a boss battle and level up, suddenly the the fight that they go into next isn't really as epic as you'd expect. And so it's like, well, where's the next one? And you just feel like that little anticlimax, climax Yeah. And yeah. I feel that's a, and, a pacing guess- thing
1: yeah and it would be like you'd be like i need to keep the players from getting bored each week and just being like oh it's the same shit. we're just drudging through this town and mm. you know oh save timmy you fell down a well like okay cool we saved timmy and then we got like a bunch of gold from the mayor and like off to the next town like how do you stop your players from just being like oh it's the same same stuff over and over but yeah. without then making them fight like a, a big bad guy every every um cam- every every session And then wanting things to just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, Mm. Yeah, it's really tricky, tricky balance. Or Um, or
0: even that there is that breakneck pace of, cool, so now you're fighting the goblins and you beat the goblins, there's a goblin boss and you beat him and now there's an ogre boss and they're attacking the town and you've got to run back and get there in time. And there's a dragon as well and you fought the dragon, but suddenly you've got to go into the dragon's horde and there's all these, it's like there's no time to slow (laughs) down. And it just feels like there will just always be another, another thing to fight. You never have an opportunity yeah. to go. This is serious because of these reasons. Like, mm. yes, there's a dragon mm. coming, but we have like four days to figure it out yeah. and put up defenses of it. And we're going to role play those four days because I want to build mm. up the tension of when the dragon is yeah. going to hit. Not just there's a dragon coming. Oh my god, it's here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I also think it's similar though to TV shows and like like playing to your audience, right? Because mm. you're going to have some you're going to have some um, groups. Um, of players who want just action after action. They don't want to talk too much. They don't really want social encounters. You know, they just really want battle after battle. And then you have uh, other groups where they really enjoy getting into the social side of things. And um, even if it's just interacting as, um, you know, amongst, you know, all just the player characters yeah. or whether it's interacting with NPCs in the town. Um, so, yeah, like I guess it also depends on on who your audience is and, tailoring i guess the campaign or the season to to match to match that um you know like i know our group we'd love we'd love a good chat i love a good social interaction you know we'd spend an yeah. hour just just like fluffing around camp you know doing absolutely nothing which the dm obviously would love because it means no planning for them um but there'd be other groups that would would hate that i'm sure
0: I think it was our, our campaign with our little level five characters that we came back to after maybe a good eight months or so away. And the first 90 minutes of the session were just all of us playing in character of around <laughs> the campfire, making dinner and talking shit and figuring yeah. out what exactly has happened over the last couple mm. of months in in mm-hmm. game, but also what mm. we're going to be planning as we head to this new town. Mm. And it was... It was so much fun so because fun. we did get to oh step my- oh, into these I characters. I
1: miss so much. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I miss it.
0: <laughs> and
1: oh.
0: I'm finding the same with a, a number of games that I run, where a lot of the time they just want to do a shopping episode, and they want to pace yeah. it. That there will internally there will be, look, we're going to have a little bit of a, we're going to have a bit of a chase because somebody stole from us, and there'll be a little bit of a climax mm-hmm. as we find the thing that we're after but they want that that slower pace but they also want that faster pace at times.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: The, there is that element of of time is ticking away but now we've got the time to to shop we do and yeah.
1: Mm.
0: It's pacing is something really tricky to work out so it is a that that balance of do you want combat or do you want do you want social interaction or do you want just to sol- sit down and solve the puzzle of this maze that you found yourselves in. And mm, yeah. I don't want to be like well, maybe TV shows need a session zero, but maybe they need yeah. a little bit more of a a marketing pitch to the audience. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. In
0: promotions, but yeah, maybe they did, and maybe they all of this was covered um, when when it got pitched to the network, and um, we just didn't see it because we're in Australia.
1: Maybe could be. Yeah. Who knows. <laughs>
0: So here's a a question for you, Elise. Would you want to play an RPG set in the Motherland universe?
1: Um, Without thinking too deeply about whether it actually would be feasible and how it would actually work. I mean, I feel like for sure, um, even though, which is actually really funny because I never play magic characters, but I guess I'd have to in this world.
0: Yeah, but I feel that the magic characters in this situation wouldn't be so much like you have a list of spells you can use. You would have simple things, like you'd have a wind strike or a wind shear, and it's like that's just a regular attack roll. We're not going to worry about spell slots or anything. You can just do it.
1: Yeah. It's like these would just be your
0: abilities uh, in this regard.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I do think it would be cool, just because I think it's such a cool, different world, um, you know, to to reality, Um, but while still being kind of real if that makes sense yeah. um you know it's not crazy monsters and um and all that sort of stuff so yeah i it's, think it, it would be pretty cool pretty fun it's
0: it's recognizable is one of those yes. things. and there are a couple of other games not so much like motherland things like um shadow run um rifts to an to some extent where they're set in oh vampire the masquerade a good example that's set in our world uh-huh. And there's mm. just another veneer. There's a, another world mm-hmm. laid on top of it, like mm. the, the secret world. And that, I feel, would be <laughs> would work pretty well for, for something like Motherland, where it's like, okay, so you know a little bit of our history. So you go back to, say, the 1800s. If you're really knowledgeable mm. about the 1800s, you go back and play that period but with witches in the military. Mm. Or you'd pick a, a sort of time period that you know pretty well and then go, well... Mm. What gets changed? What do I know from the show has been changed? That's what I'm going to run. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it would be that hard to do um, for, for something like Motherland. The um, the the mechanics yeah, well, might be a bit the, tricky to figure out.
1: Yeah, yeah I was going to say the mechanics of, like, I guess the spells and the combat um, would be tricky because, like, you'd want to bring in the scourges. Um, yeah. I'm um, just trying to think. I mean, yeah, like it's I guess the spells you just try and convert them almost to kind of like like you said, D D sort of spells. Hmm. Like obviously the um I'm sure there's probably some weather tornadoy, hurricaney
0: probably thing if
1: you, in D D maybe. I don't know. If there's not, um, I'm gonna
0: make one pretty soon. <laughs>
1: um but I just I'm just trying to think. The I guess the main difference is that there's just there's only really humans or witches, right? Yeah. So that would be such a, a big difference to a regular D and D game that normally has so many different races.
0: Yeah, and um, I I wonder about that whether D and D is the right system for this because yeah. of, because of that exact reason that people generally lean towards D and D because they want to they want to play an elf, they want to play a dwarf, mm. they want to play a centaur, mm. they want to fight an orc, um, they want to um, fight but a minotaur. Can you be a
1: centaur in D and D? You can. Why can you be a centaur in D&D in one of Ben's games? No. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I have gonna... not, I'm not aware of
0: I, I was gonna say, As an aside, the, the homebrew world that I'm building, you can be a centaur because humans are a minority and pretty much seen as um, the the redhead stepchild who's not invited to Christmas dinner. <laughs>
1: Oh, my God, amazing.
0: So you can be oh, a centaur, that, you can be a really minotaur, cool. you can be a lizard person. It's like animal races everywhere because humans are – humans, elves, dwarves are non-existent.
1: Oh, that's really cool.
0: Yeah, so everyone mm. pa- buy my uh, my Hobrew World book so you can all play in that world. Um
1: <laughs> Yeah, so I guess that's why you're suggesting almost the Vampire Masquerade kind of yeah.
0: Um, yeah, game – it- yeah, platform, there, were, there were a couple of other um, spin-offs of Vampire back in the day, things like, um, uh, I think it was Werewolf was an example where instead of Vampires, you're all werewolves. I mean, all of these <laughs> supposedly took place in the same world, so they used the same sort of rules.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm wondering whether it might even, I mean, this is kind of why I, I do this show, because everything can be made into an RPG because there are so many systems out there. That you can make it work for anything. There's something like the Savage World mm. where there are such. Or everything is a very basic attack. It's just it does this much damage, and you flavour uh-huh. it to suit your character. So you would have a a push attack, or a um, uh-huh. a, I guess a a force force blow, and that would be the wind shear. It's like you just work out how much damage it's likely to do. That's what you do. Yeah. Um, So I feel the mechanics aren't too tricky to work out. I'm, I think, again, D&D probably could do it. It'd need a lot of tweaking because the class system in D&D is so, so heavily based on the same sort of style as the race and ancestry system as well, that you do it because you want to be a fighter and a paladin. I mean, do you really have that for, for Motherland? I mean, I guess Abby could be a paladin.
1: Um yeah, well I mean I guess Ray uh, would be what a cleric then?
0: Ray is clearly a cleric because th- she can heal and she prays yeah. to a god to do it.
1: No, that's true. Um, yeah. um and then Tally would be what? Um, just some sort of wizard that has yeah. a scrying spell. Kind of, yeah. yeah, that's tricky. So I feel it's really that tricky. it's
0: I feel that it might even need like its own own system for like to build assisted from scratch, that you have a, a number of different archetypes that you can slot yourself into, that you are the the tracker. And that's that's Tally's abilities with scrying. You've got the medic, which is ray and healing magic. And you've got, well, Abby, again, has no special ability beyond being able to lead. It's like her special ability is bellwether. Um,
1: mm-hmm. that- no comment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure she has other special abilities that that you can slot these archetypes... I mean, there's a, another game called Monster Hearts and they have different skins. And in that one, it's like you're the outcast or you're the popular kid or mm-hmm. you're the um, the jock. And you kind of have... I mean, Monster Hearts is a bad example, but there's a few different games like that. Uh, Monster of the mm-hmm. Week is one. Powered by the Apocalypse generally does things like that. But when I was, even just when I was going through that, all of those were sort of military-focused So Mm -hmm. if there was a a Motherland game, do you feel that it would be about the witches in the military? Or, well, actually, it could be about anything. Would you want it to be, Would the game that you would want to play, would it be about being a witch in the military or someone in the spree? Or just a Uh, civilian trying to live in this world?
1: Well, I was thinking, or even like, are you you a draft dodger? Just kind of like travelling, you know, travelling sort of across the world, trying to evade, obviously, constant um you know capture from the military um yeah
0: but getting involved in constant things around it and having to convince you chasing you look just let me go this time and you'll never see me again until the next time or do do you
1: have a different problem like i'll solve this problem um for you and in and in in reward you'll let me go and not tell not a dob yeah um. Yeah. Or what? I, what I want it to be in the military. I feel like the military If you're, if it's just in the military, it kind of ties you up too much. Because then it's yeah. kind of like, well, what are you given? Are you given missions? Do you have to do? Like, uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, I guess, I guess you could, right? You just get sent on an, a different mission every week or every session.
0: Well, I feel like there's enough. There's enough intrigue in the military as well, just to make it. A- I'll go that again because of my my thing. I feel that in, in the military there's enough intrigue that it would be kind of a different mission every week, but then you'd get information mm-hmm. about something or you would have to go and help the Tarim or mm, you discover yeah. that Alda is, has been puppeting the president or your mm-hmm. superior officer yeah, might have, hey, might be supporting mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what, what do you do about these things? That there would be mm. a, a pretty cool campaign just based on you are a unit of soldiers that yeah. has to deal with different yeah, true. things.
1: Yeah, a coven.
0: Yeah, a cu- is that what yeah, they're that's called?
1: Really cool. I want to play now. Yes, they are called. Okay, uh, good. Um, in in War College, yes, You're, they're now okay. in a coven.
0: Okay, good. So if we do season two, we can call them the coven rather than the the unit.
1: Well, no, well, because the coven actually refers to to other people as well. Oh, other characters. Yeah.
0: Well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, but they the will game, be the unit I forever. Guess, in the game, because you're generally probably playing with more than, I guess, just more than three two other people. Um, yeah, well,
0: Maybe maybe you, not. Like uh, well, three, three people yeah, and a true. game master work pretty well for a game like that's this. That's
1: true. Yeah, it means your turns come around quicker. So that's yeah. fun.
0: Yeah, and you do kind of have to work as a unit because um, mm. there's, only, there's less of you. However, mm. I like that idea of a coven as well. Because, again, going back to Vampire the Masquerade where there's a coterie. Of, mm, of people, uh-huh. you could be a spree cell that mm. you're just a number of different people all connected through some way and you are all got your own little tasks to bring. to Like each time you've got a, a mission to do, it's like, cool, mm. I'm going to be in charge of of scouting out the area. I'm going to be the one that actually goes in with the balloon, that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, I just like that that phrase of it. That you could have a coven of soldiers you could have yeah the, the cell of the spree and that's your adventuring group
1: yeah that's true yeah there are there are a lot of options we mm. should make this into a game let's do it
0: <laughs> i am less we've both got so less much time <laughs> yeah. yeah i i don't have time. i barely have time to watch the show um i'm this is kind of why we do the podcast, so I get a chance to watch the mm-hmm. show and then talk about it as well, running a game yep. for it too. But, hey, you know what? Who's, who's the, um, the creators of it? Hulu? No? I can't remember. Um, so in-
1: free, Technically Freeform. Freeform, so um, Disney-based.
0: You know, yeah. uh, hey, Disney, yeah. if you want to get in touch and if you want us to write the <laughs> Motherland role-playing game and license it out to us, I would make time to do that.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. And I would think about making time to do that.
0: You'll be playtesting. It's fine. You'll get a credit. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. I have no history in game design. I just do do this for fun. Hey, is there anything else you would like to say about Motherland: Fort Salem season one, Elise?
1: Hmm.
0: Any last um, arguments to to bring me over to the to the Silla side of, your, <laughs> of the force?
1: Look, I feel like no matter what I say we're always going like for me i f- like yes she's she did horrific terrible things like it's not i'm not i don't argue that i do try to point out that she especially when she joined she'd been through a horrific event a traumatic event um she was young she was maybe semi like preyed upon almost you know like her grief and and all that you know manipulated upon to to sort of semi be brainwashed into joining this group and and doing things and yes she did horrible things but like i just think that i feel like everyone has a chance for redemption yeah um and that's what i focus on i guess um and so i feel that um she is on her way to redemption um, okay, and, that
0: tracks to me as well that there should um, be a redemption arc for her.
1: And she's just to so the power racist. of brave
0: kisses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um...
1: Yes, please. <laughs> um, yes. Like so I feel like no matter what, it, you're always gonna be she's a terrorist. Um, yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I just feel like I can overlook that. Mm. Um, which I mean like obviously, know what i really would think if this was a real world person who was you know like if if in the future lincoln my son brought home you know some some super hot attractive girl but she you know she'd done some bad shit, Uh, you know blown up the white
0: house or something yeah
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah, might be a different story then um but um yeah i believe in the power of love redeeming all
0: Yeah, I I would like I enjoy the character as somebody on a redemption arc. Mm -hmm. Um, That is something that I approve of, and I'm glad that she found Ray to do it. Um, It's a it's a shame that she didn't find her earlier, uh, and she had to go through Uh that she had to commit acts that she does not seem to feel regret for that we've seen so far that I have seen so far. One of the (laughs) things I only just realised about it was something about the spree is that this is they're probably the force that that the the military is fighting against most of the time or more accurately that the military is fighting against other witches most of the time that once they became militarized it became a global thing that if you don't have witches on your side you're probably not going to mm-hmm. have an army at all that you're just going to mm-hmm. get get wiped out by the American military and that these that the American military is now, if you're not with us, you're against us, and we need to stop you from having this power. So they're kind of going out and just being like, cool, so we'll just wipe out those witches that are that are causing problems somewhere else. Um, and if you don't sign up and agree with this, they're basically hunting giraffe dodgers most of the time. And Maybe. The, the spree just feel like the people who've gone, no, we don't want to do that. We want to continue living our lives. But the real problem here are the um, are the the people, basically the Camarilla. the mm. the The more I think about it, the more this show put the military between the Camarilla and the Spree, rather than on the same side as as either. I, I I'm just babbling, or kind of kind of going down <laughs> a stream of consciousness thought here. But it has literally just a, kind just kind of occurred to me that the Camarilla and the Spree are. Two sides of the same coin, that they're both motivated by hate, and it seems like the Camarilla motivated hate towards witches, and the Spree are motivated hate towards civilians, and that's why they always target civilians and not other witches. And what the fuck? Um,
1: Look, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I can't really, I can't really discuss much because okay, some so of this that is, is, is okay. Is that's something in season two. In season All two. Right. Um, All right. But, I, yeah, I don't, think, I don't but think, I think how I felt at the end of the season one.
0: I think I've just found the arc for the military in the, the RPG campaign, that they are set between these two sides that are intent on destroying mm. the civilians, and your unit has to try to protect these people who just see you as another group of witches. Mm. And you're, it means basically now you're the X-Men. And that's what the the military campaign yeah. will be. It's like you have these powers and the people you're trying to protect don't trust you because they can't tell the difference between you and the spree, but also some of them yeah. are trying to kill you with magic and that's the Camarilla and you're just trying to survive and trying to prove mm. that not all witches are bad. And that's yeah. kind of the military outset. Whereas if you want to be the spree, hey, maybe you do... Yes, the civilians are bad. Maybe they keep doing this and they've got this witch strike force that keeps coming at you and there's the Camarilla yeah. that come at you as well and they're going to hide amongst the civilians. <laughs> and it's, yeah, there's a lot of potential for that. Mm. All of this because we, we started discussing that is <laughs> There's there's a terrorist. Um, there's a lot of little tangents to go down on this show and I'm, I'm glad mm-hmm. that you picked it. So uh, thank you for that. I am enjoying um, these discussions oh, we've been having.
1: Yeah, you don't need to thank me. I've very much enjoyed, like thoroughly enjoyed um, talking, talking about this show and bloody all the gorgeous people in it. Um, <laughs> and like obviously originally it started, when, when, when we first started, I um, didn't have a child <laughs> yeah. um, and it was just lovely talking about the show. Um, and then since having a child, it's been, shall we say, just a, a, a nice... Um, a break. I don't really want to use this word, but escape, yeah <laughs> um, Yeah, just a brief um, A brief moment to sort of delve back into that sort of world um, You know, so that's Yeah, it's been, like as much as I've mucked you around Obviously with, with the unexpected arrival um, It's been really, really fun um,
0: I was going to say, it's back a back pacing issue that <laughs> of, of parenthood This is your little oh reprieve gosh, and yeah. your shopping episode
1: oh, Yeah, yeah, pretty much uh,
0: Again, Elise, thank you for for coming on the show and talking with me about it all. Uh, hopefully, you'll come on again, and we'll talk about another show later on. And I want to thank the listeners as well for being with us for the last well, eleven weeks now. Mm-hmm. I I am going to have a week's break, um, and Elise can get back to parenting her child because uh, <laughs> Elise will not be coming back for for the next series. So you do get a bit of a break from me. Um, I, well, actually, at least gets a bit of a break from, from me in recording. I'm probably going to be hassling her and like, hey, let's play D and D. Hey, let's do that motherland idea again. However, um, so there'll be a week off in in episodes, and then uh, I will be doing another series where I can, I'm happy to announce we will be looking at 2007's Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage's Gossip Girl, uh, and how that would be a RPG.
1: I'm very interested to hear how this all plays out because that, um, yeah, it's very, very different, different to obviously what you have been discussing already.
0: It is going to be amazing. I am doing this with um, with Meek from from Melbourne Dungeon Master and uh, Blushing Bard. And, yeah, it has been interesting, very interesting so far uh, with the episodes we've recorded. <laughs> so please subscribe to the podcast and, um, and in a couple of weeks you will get... To hear us start talking about that, and watch along as well. Our uh, Gossip Girl is on Netflix, as far as I'm aware. So if you don't have the DVDs like I do, I, wait, what? No, I actually I
1: never watched it. I have. To you will admit. have
0: to. Um, you will have to. I'm not
1: sure how I missed that bandwagon. Um,
0: Did you but, watch The OC yeah, though? I,
1: I love The OC. Oh my god.
0: Okay, <laughs> yeah. you should so watch I was Gossip not, Girl. I was on that train. You should watch Gossip mm-hmm. Girl and compare it to the OC because that is what I will be doing a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. It's, it's the same same creators. There's a reason yeah, why yeah. it's a, a comparable show. And also that gets me mm. on another person on my side of the um, the OC Gossip Girl debate that Meek and I will get into.
1: Ah, okay.
0: Uh, so again, I want to thank you all for listening. Um, I want to thank Elise again for being on the show. I want to thank you for subscribing. I want to thank everyone for leaving reviews and comments. That would be... Well, it has been wonderful, but it will be even more wonderful if we get some more of them, uh, and I'll start reading them out on the show as well. You can find, you can comment, uh, you can send me a message on uh, Twitter, Instagram, or an email. The Twitter and Instagram are at dndntvpod. Uh, if you stick an at gmail.com on the end of that, you'd still get the, the email address that you need to send stuff to. So until we meet again, thank you again for listening. Stay safe. Uh, Be kind to yourselves, and may all your hits be crits.
1: Bye, everyone!